Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaff. Today's episode, I want to talk about my five favorite submissions and why I prefer chokes over joint locks. So my five favorite subs right now are the guillotine, the north-south, the rear naked choke, the anaconda, and the straight arm lock. Now those aren't my best submissions. Definitely, I have quite a few submissions better than my straight arm lock. Like I'm definitely not known for my straight arm lock. But I've put so much work into improving it and learning about it that anytime I hit somebody, especially if it's a purple, brown, or black belt, it just brings me a lot of joy. So why are those my favorite submissions? Well, when I first started, I've told you guys that the guillotine was my preferred movement. It really kind of allowed me to negate somebody's wrestling. Like I could stand with people and if they dove in, I could guillotine them or at least make them scared to shoot in again. And so I became a counter wrestler early on. A couple of my early submission uh, successes came with the guillotine. From there, wherever your first move is, it's really easy to start adopting movements, uh, you know, like other movements that are similar. So I started then developing an arm and guillotine and, um, you know, Darce chokes and north-south. And when I really injured my arm the first time, like the north-south became my new weapon. Like when you could only roll with one arm, the north-south is going to become your best friend. I highly recommend that if you ever get a shoulder or elbow injury that you try rolling with one arm because I promise you, you'll find the north-south choke. If you do it for long enough, you'll you'll leave that experiment or leave that training uh, eventually with a really good north-south choke. And why I started really preferring especially chokes, you know, even besides the early successes with them, were because... I learned early on two things. One, that joint locks cause lots of damage. And two, people just don't respect joint locks. Now that sounds really weird, right? That people don't respect something that I just said, hey, joint locks cause lots of damage. But let me explain. So on one hand, I've injured quite a few people with joint locks over the years. Guys being stubborn in training or visitors coming in and rolling super hard. And it never left me feeling good about myself. You know, I never was like, yes, I popped that guy's elbow or I popped that guy's foot. You know, I always just, during the time I, I regretted it. You know, I wish that it would have went a little differently. What's nice with chokes is that you can go really hard. You can catch somebody in a choke and they'll either tap or go to sleep. And so you, you don't have to actually injure them. And when you have that you know, thought in the middle of a roll, like, man, this dude's not tapping. Like I've got him in a heel hook or I've got him in a straight arm lock or a Kimura and he's just not tapping. Now, most of us are going to let go. A lot of people let go in those situations. Now, some guys in training will break it and not feel bad about it, but I know a lot of people that will not break it. The issue with that is that I think personally, then you're getting bad reps. So whenever I get somebody in a submission and I'm not applying the finishing, um, you know, the finishing technique properly, I feel like it's just making it sloppy. So I feel like I'm actually not getting good, whatever that submission is training in. So if I'm going for a heel hook and, you know, I feel like I've got a really good bite and the guy's just not tapping, even applying slowly sometimes, you know, you don't want to cause lots of damage. Same thing with the arm bar. And so 
psychologically, you're not going for the break, so you end up messing up your mechanics, your finishing mechanics. And then in a tournament, since you've been practicing sloppy finishing mechanics because you haven't wanted to hurt people, it's not there. You know, you don't actually have the technique down to finish somebody and hurt somebody in an actual match. I've recently been explaining that to some of the blue belts. They're really starting to look at heel hooks. And in their minds, heel hooks are so, it's like a dirty word. And it's such a taboo movement. You know, it's still a movement that they fear. And so whenever they go for them, they really don't apply, especially the outside heel hook properly. They don't really go for it. Their bites are weak. And they just expect whenever they grab the heel that you're going to tap. And I've had to explain to them, like, no, you can try and break my leg. Like, my leg's not just going to break because you grab a heel hook. And they've been shocked at how hard it is to finish the outside heel hook because they have been getting taps whenever they just grab somebody and, you know, somebody panics or they just, they don't quite understand the heel hook. They'd rather just tap quick, not take any risks. And so it's giving them that false confidence. Now, on the other hand, you have people that have decided that they're not going to tap to joint locks. You know, we talked about in that episode, a guy like Vinny Magalesh uh, a few episodes ago, he just, he didn't tap to heel hooks until he got his leg completely blown up. I talked about how I wasn't tapping to arm locks and I got out of a lot of arm locks that way. Now I'm stupid and both me and Vinny both got injured and I definitely tapped to arm locks very quickly now. But at the same time, there's so many dudes I can think of off the top of my head that I've trained with that that don't tap to certain joint locks and that just have decided that they don't care. They'd rather take a pop than tap to this footlock or you're really going to have to injure them. And so whenever you're going with somebody that doesn't respect the joint lock, it can mess with you mentally. It can make you start to second guess your attacks. It can make you start to think you're losing because especially if that's your specialty and you're going with a guy that does leg lock, you know, like that doesn't tap to leg locks. Well, if you try five leg locks and you're applying them and you know, you feel a pop here, you feel a pop there, but he doesn't tap. That's really taxing on you mentally and physically because you're putting a lot of effort in. And I've been there before. You know, there was a guy that trained here that had insanely flexible shoulders, like insanely flexible shoulders. And I remember just trying to, okay, I'm going to finish this Americana. And I just could not do it. And how frustrated I got. I just didn't like that. Everybody chokes the same. There's nobody that has a special neck or, you know, you get your arms around it. And, you know, they just, they don't tap their arteries, you know, their carotid arteries are just in different spots. And so, you know, oh man, this guy's carotids just happened to be in this spot. I didn't know that, you know, it's like, no, no, no. Everybody's carotid arteries are in the same spot. And if you block both of them, they will go to sleep. And so it really made me, you know, as I progressed that information right there, how I felt about joint locks, you know, and how... I see other people, you know, how they feel about joint locks and how they go about not tapping to it really made me start to go more towards the choking side. And particularly whenever I started to get purple belt and brown belt and started, you know, competing and rolling with lots of brown and black belts, guys that were been training a lot longer than me, I found that whenever I finish them with, you know, if I tapped a guy with a heel hook or I tapped them with, you know, some type of Kimura trap or, you know, just some weird type of lock 
they didn't really respect me. And you'll hear that a lot. Like, ah, oh, the guy just caught me in an arm bar. Like, you know, he hit some crazy movement. I, I left my arm. It was my bad, you know, mistake. And so a lot of upper belts will, you know, when they talk about getting tapped, especially whenever it's a joint lock, leg lock in particular, it's almost like it doesn't count in their mind. And so you don't quite get the ultimate respect. It's like, ah, eh, you know, this guy tapped me, but it doesn't really count. And at purple belt, I was competing again against a lot of brown and black belts. And I was hearing that a little bit. It's like, oh, all this guy does is leg locks. You know, this guy doesn't really do, he couldn't beat me at jujitsu. He could just only beat me with leg locks. And so I really made a huge effort at brown belt to really clean up my chokes. And honestly, I started to understand what those guys are saying. It, to me, whenever you take the back or whenever you mount a guy and finish him, you know, with an arm triangle, it really shows that you understand deeper in a lot of different parts of the game. Like you really deeply understand a lot of different parts of the game. And I've never heard a guy go, yeah, that guy just caught me in a choke. He just caught my, he just took my back and caught me in a rear naked choke. It's like, no, no, no. You got tapped by a rear naked choke. That person, you know, he took advantage of you. You made a couple of mistakes. He took your back and he choked you. And so for me, efficiency wise, chokes and joint locks are both super efficient. Both will cause tons of damage, you know. Obviously, the rear naked, you know, a choke will kill, not just a rear naked choke. Chokes will kill. But an inside heel hook is just as efficient as a guillotine choke. You know, you, you can really, really cause serious damage with not a lot of effort, especially on most people's legs. You know, Vinny Magalesh, a guy like Craig Jones, really had to use, you know, a little bit more effort than you would on somebody like my legs. Like my legs, man, if Vinny would have done that, my leg might have fallen off. Or excuse me, if Craig Jones would have done what he did to Vinny, to my leg, it might have fallen off. So efficiency doesn't matter. It really comes down to those couple of things. Some guys don't tap to him. Some guys, um, you know, you have to hurt them to make them tap. And some guys just, they don't respect, like if they get tapped, like they only respect getting tapped by chokes. I don't know what it is about it. I think it's stupid, but I don't know. I kind of, I always, I took that as a challenge. Like, okay, this guy's been training a lot longer than me. I wonder how long it'll take before I can pass his guard and North South choke him, or I can pass his guard and, you know, take his back and choke him. So I hope you guys have an opinion and that, you know, I know guys that they think the exact opposite. They want to cause breaks. A guy like Paul Horace, he wants to break you. He wants to grab an arm. He wants to grab a leg, break it in half, and then he'll think about finishing you. And I know other guys that are highly accomplished that feel the exact same way. So think about what you like to do. Think about right now, are you a choker? Do you enjoy chokes? Or are you more of a joint lock person? Do you enjoy you know, looking and thinking about how to break certain limbs. There's no right answer. As I said, they both are efficient and they both get the job done. But make sure, please make sure that your finishing mechanics are sound on all of your joint locks. Don't fall into the trap of, you know, thinking that you've got this amazing arm bar, but it's really everyone taps too soon. And that obviously doesn't mean, hey, Take your training partner's arm and break it, you know, to make sure that you can. I just mean make sure that you understand the difference between when guys are tapping way too soon and 
you know, honestly, you need to be able and confident that you're going against an MMA fighter or you're going against somebody training super, super hard. They're not going to tap. You need to know that you are able to break whatever lock you want to specialize in or whatever lock you're going for. You need to make sure that you can break it because if not, if you don't have that in you and if that's not like, "Ah, I don't want to hurt somebody, I don't want to, then become a choke master. Really focus on all the different chokes you know, I didn't even talk about triangle chokes. You know, you could go off into triangles if you, you know, don't really like the arm chokes. You could become a triangle and rear, you know, rear triangle, reverse triangle master. But I promise you, you need to, one more time, you need to make sure that you understand the different finishing mechanics of the different joint locks. Until next time, guys, next episode is episode 100. I'm still not quite sure what I, if I'm going to do anything special for it. I'd like to do an interview. There's a couple people I have in mind, so that'll be released in the next couple of days. The podcast is growing faster than ever. Um, again, I just thank you so much for your support. If you think you know somebody that would enjoy the podcast or there's an episode that, you know, I, I know quite a few people have really thanked me for just giving them goals or ideas uh, about like how to get their blue or purple belt. And so, you know, if you know a white or a blue belt, that's, you know, really training hard or that maybe they're stuck in their training. They just don't quite know what they should be focusing on. Have them listen to that episode and yeah. I think, I think that'll really help them motivate them and, and help them get to that next level until next time. Later guys.